You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back. Uh, glad to have you here on the podcast. And, you know, it's been you know an exciting ride. And, you know, it couldn't be, you know, episode 69 without me saying, I hope it's been as beneficial for you as it has been beneficial for me. And I'll try to stay away from any other innuendos or uh, assumptions here uh, for the the rest of this episode. But you know, I think one of the things that has been exciting for me um, looking into this NFT space is not only the relationships and friendships and opportunities that uh, you know I believe are are out there, but there's also just this this underwhelming, elming, you know, like this like this underlying, not underwhelming, underlying aspect of uh, of togetherness and this aspect of uh you know power through education through inspiration through motivation and you know i i do believe there are some amazing artists you know i uh, give a big shout out to a project uh the non-fungible people uh i'm actually hoping to get their team on the podcast uh, in the near future i believe their art is phenomenal we minted one for our mint 365 shout out to that and love that you guys are loving the website you guys are hitting the website extra hard uh checking out our the the projects that we're buying every single day uh so thanks for doing that shout out to kevin for making all that happen on the website side uh and non-fungible people you know it's uh female and non-binary characters that are 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 amazing artists that's going to be really uh, leveraged in the metaverse and there's some really innovative things that are happening within the the actual roadmap of this project. You know, I will say I knew a, a little bit less about their founders. Um, I know a lot more about the project. So, uh, you know, sometimes that kind of happens in these uh, nuances. And, you know, we also, uh, you know, I also minted a um, one of the HP, why do I always mess this up? HP, HPPR, I believe was the, the name of their project. Um, and the art for that was amazing. Um, the artist actually is uh, Baltimore area here, the DMV, shout out to the DMV, um, and just a great artist. And, you know, I think one of the things I wanted to tap into here is that there's a, I've, I've actually talked about it a lot here on the podcast, you know, 69 episodes in, we've used the word community a lot. I mean, a lot, let's be real. But along with the word community, you know, we, we oftentimes, like when it comes to the word community, we'll also say things like, you know, there's a difference between a community and a network, and there's a difference between a network and an audience, and the number of followers you have it doesn't equal also the number of people you have in a community. But the other part of this that we have to remember is that, you know, NFTs, cryptocurrency, creator coins, even the metaverse, the, the fundamental foundation of the community that are being created not all of those communities are going to be what's most beneficial for the greater good or the greater NFT community. In some cases, the way that these projects are going to be leveraged, the way that these projects are going to be utilized are going to be to maximize the already existing community that lives somewhere else. 
And because of that, they might not fall exactly into the same culture, the same regimen, the same procedures. And it's very easy for us to bash those that are doing that um, as like the things that are bad for the the NFT space or the thing that's going to milk all of the liquidity out of the of the people that are that care about it. But what I think is actually more important is that we have to look at the true essence of these different um, projects and we have to separate them, right? Like no, we, no art is ever the same. We also have to recognize there are different NFT projects that are going, that are, are built to accomplish different goals. And we can't hold them all accountable for the exact same, you know, procedures and, and process. And we also can't believe that the communities are apples to apples in the sense that, you know, a community of people that are around a massive YouTube community, YouTube uh, personalities that, that really love and breathe everything that they have to do isn't the same of a community born out of nothing where people didn't know of anyone else there until they bought the NFT. And all of a sudden they're now all in the, you know, in a community full of, uh, of playboy rabbitars, right? And that community is ultimately born birthed into from the NFT space. But what happens when something like, let's just say the Nelk boys bring a project in to the, the NFT space but what really what the goal of that NFT project is for is to maximize the community they've already built and the community that they've already um, energized and been nurturing for far long. Now, you can hate on people's ways that they're creating community. You can bash and say that some people assume they have a community when really they're, they, they're just you know, uh, 15 minutes of fame or they're just uh, you know, famous for the wrong reasons. I, you, can, you can tackle any of those like things. But let's face it, I, I look at that most of the time is that we're either hating because we, we can't accomplish that, right? Like we're, or we just have to accept that some projects, it, we can choose to be a part of them or choose to highlight them or talk about them. But that doesn't mean that they're what other projects should copy or emulate. And I find this to be a very big problem right now because if you see the way Gary V, for example, V Friends, launched their project, and then most recently he launched um, the first like kind of um, you know fly club, fly fishing club uh, NFT that it was going to be for restaurants. The 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 goal there, right? The exclusivity, the 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 rollout, the who got first dibs, um, you know, the friends and family benefits that are kind of been recently been more present in um, in the NFT space. You, we might not like that as a trend for universal NFT projects, but in some scenarios, the, commu- the NFT projects that we're seeing launched are doing what's best for their community. And so who are we as the all-righteous NFT community to judge or break down or bash those that are doing it a little bit different for the benefit of their community? Now, let's be clear people that are doing it for the benefit of a money grab or to take advantage of people that maybe aren't as well educated in the NFT space, or maybe that aren't, you know, fully into the, into the game. Um, that's a whole different conversation that we're not having right now, right? Like that, that conversation is not the one we're having. The one we're having right now is that when I look at, you know, community, no one community is the same as another, but we also have to look at like, where did those communities start? 
what was like the bond? What was the the thing that brought them together? Right? Was what was the purpose or the passion or the, like the utility or the content? And then you know what are the things that continue to to build upon? And the other part of this is you want to look at when you look at a, a community as a whole and you look at the people that make up a community. One of the things that you're going to recognize is what are the the mutual. Uh, passions and mutual mutual values uh, and even the mutual you know let's just say personality traits that uh, the mass majority of a community has because here's the other part about what I'm starting to look at when we're looking at nft projects is there there it has to be a lot of personal bias in your in your discovery like there's a reason at the end of this podcast it says do your own damn research it doesn't say do research with others or do research with strangers or together we are, we should research and share, you know, value because here's the thing we each have to decide. Not only is that an NFT project we want to, you know, partake in and uh, let use our, our money to, um, you know, add that to our portfolio. But we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Like what is your version of success look like for each and every NFT project that you are buying? Let me say it again. You must define what success looks like for each and every NFT project that you buy. I made the mistake early on of thinking that I just needed to define success of my net, my NFT portfolio. And as long as I understand what my goals are with NFTs, I will never FOMO into anything. I will never get rug pulled and everything will come up roses. Guess what? That is not the case. There are some projects that I get into because I'm like, you know what? I just want to be associated with other humans that are in that project. There are others that I'm like, you know what? This is going to be worth holding on to for a while because eventually people are going to see the value and then I'm going to be able to sell, sell this for, you know, for a profit. There's other ones where I'm like, you know what? It's way undervalued and I'm just going to wait till the value goes up a little bit and then I can flip it. There's a couple other projects where it's like, you know what? If I get in on that, uh, it's going into my hardware wallet and I'm not going to get rid of it no matter what people are paying because of what the access and the, and the, the connection and the beliefs are that, that exist. And I think this is where I'm going to really push on us to be very careful in this gray area of do we, do we talk about people that are doing shady things and try to expose the bad behaviors while at the same time, we have to question who the hell made you the NFT police? And you know where that, where that like, gray area fits is kind of up to you. But that also is going to align with like where does something fit in, in your repertoire, in your uh, collection? And sometimes you're not even going to know the answer to that. I will tell you, there's a shout out to a project right now. Um, it's called the White Rabbit Project. <laughs> um, the White Rabbit want it's the right white rabbit one. Um, and it's from the, uh, the team that's put it on is the gate. Um, and, uh, hopefully we'll, I reached out to them to have about having them on a podcast in the near future as well. Uh, because I loved the, the company research that I did, but I, I can honestly say when I, when I was researching the company, I was like, wow, they're going to do something really great in this space. And they happen to be called the gate. Um, and the more I researched the company, I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to watch, I'm gonna keep my eye on them. And so I ended up like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I, you know, um, purchase one of their pre-mint passes is what they did. Um, and so I paid 0.1 ETH for a pre-mint path pass. 
And then t- yesterday on the day that we could mint, um, I connected my wallet. It knew that I had that pre-mint pass and it said you can mint up to three and I only have to pay the, the, you know, the gas fees for the, the minting up to those three um, NFTs. And which is what I did. I minted three of them. Uh, and then later on in the day, they actually popped up and said, hey, um, we have a PFP, a profile photo, that um, NFT that, that you can also um, you know, claim for every one of the white rabbit NFTs that you just bought. And so I went on there and I just paid the gas fees and I got those three as well. <laughs> and then I sat back and I was like, wait, when is the reveal? What is this project all about? And I almost had to like put myself a little bit in check on like kind of like identify, okay, what did I, what was success of this project to begin with? Like, why, why am I holding these, these NFTs? And, and I almost had to like do a little bit even more research onto what their, what their vision was um, as a project. Right. And, and I mentioned earlier, like we, we, I also revealed art revealed the HPPRS uh, collection, which happens to be a rabbit collection as well. Like right now I have three rabbit collections that are in my portfolio. I have the, the playboy rabbitars, which are, uh, is one of my favorite and is one of those NFTs that I told you um, I will not sell the, the the Playboy Rabbitar that I currently hold, number twenty ninety nine. Um, it is mine. It is not for sale. It will not be for sale. It is going. It is nicely stored into my hard wallet, and it is one that is you know one of those handful. I think there's only ten, maybe nine projects right now um, that are are. I have one of them that is just hey, this is the one I want to hold. I'm also like I love that I minted it right. Like it, it was originally mine, so like it's the only person that's ever had this is me. Um, and that might be one of them, but this white rabbit project, white rabbit one project, um, was one that I like, I knew why I got into it originally because I wanted to check out the mechanics and how the launch was going to go with this company, the gate. Um, because I care, like I am looking at it from a community perspective, but let me tie this back into another project that I just bought off of the secondary market, um, which is kind of linked into why this episode exists. And that is the full send meta card. Now, the FullSend MetaCard uh, gives you exclusive access uh, for what FullSend does in physical and the metaverse. Owning this card allows you to get in early. Uh, and remember, this is a long journey, which is kind of funny because that's, that's me reading the, the exact bio. But, you know, really what this ends up being is that, you know, it's a, it's a FullSend like, kind of like Genesis card that was dropped by uh, the Nelk Boys. And Nelk Boys, as you know, YouTubers, extremely popular YouTubers with a massively successful podcast as well. Um, they had Gary Vaynerchuk on the podcast recently. Um, you know, and listening to that episode, you know, they were, um, you know, openly admitting that they were kind of newer to the NFT space. Um, but, you know, interestingly enough, they, the, the day after that episode drops, they, they announced their Discord. Um, their Discord, I've never seen a Discord like this. I've been in a lot of crazy Discords. Um, it grew to over 200,000 people in one day. Um, when I logged into it, I couldn't get the verify token to work and um, everything I was trying was kind of backfiring. Uh, and then I jumped into their, their, uh, their actual audio session and they had over 100,000 people listening to them live on that audio, which is just wild. Uh, you know, for everyone that says that, you know, all the people in that, in that NFT or in that Discord were bots, uh, I haven't seen a lot of bots that um, are programmed to sit into the, the voice chat session. So, um, and maybe there are, I, hey, I don't know everything here on the podcast. But um, the more I listened to them last night um, on their live video, their live audio session, they did a great job of educating people on not spending money outside of the norm and what their goals were with this project and why they were excited to launch it. And, you know, you might argue that they're like the roadmap doesn't isn't very clear right now. 
but they also were like, you know, they were very clear on like, hey, we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, hold any of these NFTs for ourselves, but we're we're, we're going to take a hundred of them and we're going to use them for future giveaways, and they're going to sit in one of our founders' wallets, but he's going to, you know, have to purchase his own. Um, and they were they even did a video on that process, you know, but. Then they, you know, they, they didn't announce like the how to get on the whitelist, um, and they dropped a whitelist form, but I guess they never used it. Um, but then they did a early or pre-sale today, um, which apparently went to like friends and family for about three thirty-five hundred of the of the NFTs, uh, and then they sold out in a matter of thirty seconds. Um, and the the mint price was point uh, seven or point seven five. I can't remember which. I think it was point seven, um, and it sold out immediately. And you know, originally when their first like family and friends uh, dropped uh, a lot, interestingly enough, the family and friends started trying to flip them. And there was actually a, a very well-known, um, let's not call him scammer, let's call him influencer that has um, uh, blurry morals. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. Um, he's just known for, you know, getting early access. And, and I say he, I don't, I don't know if it's a he or she, um, but uh, that person kind of flipped that, you know, they bought a ton of them during that presale and they flipped them all for like one ETH each, um, you know, for making a, you know, 0.25 or 0.3 profit on, you know, a massive amount of, you know, a hundred NFTs. Now you could argue that they probably shouldn't have included that person in the friends and family um, scenario, but at the same time, like, you know, we act as if like everyone is aware of everyone's um, you know underlying intentions, but that's not the case, right? We are all human. We can all be manipulated. But you know, it sold out in thirty seconds. Um, and when I went and looked on the secondary market, and I was looking at this project, I can tell you part of it for me, and part of the reason you know, shout out to Drew uh, on on the team, and you know, Drew is one of the founders of the Meta Athletes uh, project that I'm a part of. You know, as one of the founders there, and and we're excited to drop that uh, and some news on that very soon. Uh, I will give a shout out to Kevin Smith on the Meta Athletes team. Guys, wait till you see this art. Uh, I'm actually I'm looking at it right now, like on my screen. Actually, you know what I uh, know what I have to do just for those that watch this on the YouTube channel. I'm gonna drop the art, this art piece, um, right there into. Um, oh, let's see if I can drop it in there. Maybe I can't even drop it in. Maybe I, maybe that's a problem. Um, but I'll drop the art because I I mean Kevin has done a, a really great job on. Um, the artwork for this project. And, you know, I'm excited to see what's next and, and how this is all going to work out. And um, I will tell you, like, for me, like, so, and the reason I bring that up is to go back in full circle, right? I, I know I, I have ADHD. Sometimes I take you guys down a, a rabbit hole, get it, pun intended. Um, <laughs> um, but the part of like, I will say part of the reason for me, actually getting um, that NFT, um, which is, you know, I bought on the secondary market, right? And, I, and I'm very transparent. We bought it for, for 0.97 um, ETH, uh, which I told you it, it minted at 0.7. Um, I jumped right over as soon as it minted out. Um, and the, the OpenSea couldn't even keep out because people were buying them so fast. Uh, I will say you, tell you at the time of recording right now, the floor is uh, 1.4, 1.049. But for me, part of the the reason that I'm very excited to hold this NFT, not only because Drew and I were staying up last night, you know, kind of thinking about this project, but it's also a project that's, that's, you know, set to do something different. And, um, and in a way I, I can look at these investments as me really broadening my knowledge of this space. Like without question, you know, part of the excitement for me on this journey is that I know that I am going to have knowledge about minting NFTs that nobody can compare with me. No one else is going to say, can be able to say this November, 
that they know what it's like to buy an NFT every single day. They know what it's like to research NFTs from November of 2021 to November of 2022. That is, I'm not saying that out of arrogance. I'm saying it out of truth. Now, with that also comes that like great responsibility for me to, I want to understand different blockchains. I want to understand different use cases because I have big plans for this podcast, big plans for this entire arena. You know, we were even talking um, about a spinoff sister show um, that would be something really cool for us to launch in the, in the very near future. And you're not going to get any more alpha out of me on that one. Um, as well as like what season two will look like come November 11th, 20, uh, 2022, right? And what does the next year of buying NFTs look like? Um, and you know, even if you know, that's something we can tackle on. But I will say, like, you know, when, when I remember looking at VFriends, I, I was assuming VFriends was the same collection as the five others I chose from, right? And those that don't know the story, I moved my ETH over to buy a VFriends that I've been researching. And a friend kind of suggested, Brian, why would you buy one VFriend? Why wouldn't you want to take that same amount of money and invest in these five projects? Because, you know, maybe it'll, it'll have, you know, better return. You'll be able to have more experience. Um, None of those five projects have you guys ever heard of. Um, they they don't exist in in any like active fashion at the moment. Of course, V Friends does, uh, and I've made it very clear. You know, one of the things that I'm working towards, um, not that I can't afford it um, right out the gate, but I want to build up um, through my own NFT collection, and I want to I want to get a V Friends that I want. Right, I want to get one that that is the one that I want. But the reason I, I say all of that is that I look at this. You know, of of what the Meta Card is, what they're calling it, the Meta Card by um, the Nelk boys, you know, as you know, like this is in many cases, um, a, a different way of, of approaching, um, you know, NFTs and right. And like one of the things they said, you know, full Send's goal is to launch more full Send branded ven- venues, which includes lounges, gyms, festivals, casinos, restaurants, and more. Uh, and even going international, they're not only talking about, you know, metaverse locations, but also physical locations. Um, and so I think that there's something exciting about, the possibilities that are there. Does that mean I'm going to hold on to that NFT for forever? No, but there is something to be said about, you know, how do you know what works until you try it or you study others that are doing it? And the other thing about this is that I don't know the Nelk Boys community very well. You know, I, of course, know of them. Um, I've consumed some of their content, but I'm not active subscriber on their YouTube channel. I'm not um, one that is fully aware of all of their nuances and so for me, like, I mean, it, it's impressive to know that you can move communities around. And let's face it, we also know that a lot of people that are successful in social media and YouTube were also great at buying followers and using bots. So like, let's not like, let's not sugarcoat things, right? Like, let's be also very, very truthful here on the podcast. But I think one of the things that I, I hope you take away from this episode is this idea of let's stop comparing every NFT project against every NFT project. Rather, let's look back and kind of understand which ones are, are community born within the NFT, which ones are bridging a, a community over from another platform or another arena. And then also, like, what does that all mean? Right. Because it's very easy for us to bash a brand and how a brand launches an NFT project. But that brand is going to approach things differently. Like I would argue if I was a brand, I would look at that West Coast Customs example. Now, you know, I will openly admit I've been very you know, disappointed to see that the Meta Whips um, has not um, exploded onto the scene as much as I thought it would. The, you know, I believe the, the West Coast Customs team um, has done everything right in my book um, in what they've been building, how they brought it to light, the artwork, all of the different components there. Um, and I think it's one of those slow burn projects that you know, we'll probably look back on the episode that I had them on the show 
and realize like how many people wish they they listened to that episode and they got in on the meta whips early on because i i do believe the utility the 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 really attention to detail is there and the community they want to build exists right and the games they want to connect with and the fact they want to partner with crypto dads and all those things but this is where i hope that you know we look at this and say you know what is this whole, what does the community mean to all of us right how are we looking at this community and i will tell you, you know like as you know someone that is you know working with meta athletes and i'm you know we're also going to launch our own little pfp collection um in the very you know in the springtime i want to know as much about what i don't know as possible right now let me say that again i want to know um, about as much as I don't, uh, the, you know, I know about as much, I can't even say my own things. I want to know about as much as I don't know right now as, as possible, which means if there's a way that a mechanics for, for a raffle, like I've been taking screenshots of the different ways that people, um, their mint load loading screens look like I've been taking, um, screenshots of, uh, the, the different onboarding of inside of a discord. I've been taking screenshots when I see a, a something that stands out as like really crafty storytelling and, and ways that you can bring people along on their journey. Uh, because these to me are all way examples that I can work with clients and work with those that are hiring me to say, Hey, have you thought about telling stories this way? Or have you thought about creating a mint experience that really explodes on the screen and it doesn't just go back to the words and say, thank you for your purchase. Here's your, here's your hash transcriptions file, right? Like how do you, how do you bring that to life? Right? Cause like the minute that money, you know, that person mints the NFT from that minute forward, it's their experience, right? Like I, I'm against this idea of waiting like three or four weeks to, to reveal the artwork of a project. Like, I mean, there's a couple projects in my bag that I don't even remember why, like I have to go look at my notes to why I bought them and I haven't even seen the art because they've, they've held off on the, on the, the release, you know, for so long. And so when we think about all of these things, we have to really think about these communities. The last thing I'll say is, you know, I said full send or full stop when it comes to community. I really do believe it's okay for people to do things differently and be rewarded for it as long as that way that they're doing it isn't harming or manipulating or um, you know, hurting those that, that um, you're involuntarily getting hurt. And, and I think that's part of this, this narrative as well, right? And, and you know, hey, if you have a massive community that you've been building and nurturing for a long time, and I think you should launch an NFT. And I think your NFT should be focused on what's best for your community. And it doesn't mean it has to fall in line with everything that the NFT community loves. But if you're one that is wants to foster a community and and build a community and understands the importance of it, hell yeah, you should look at what is is working and what is best in this NFT community. But I think we we have to be very careful about being you know the police and the cops and telling people what is right or what is wrong when we're just trying to compare everyone to one project, right? Like I mean like the the Hape Beast project um, dropped today, and I, I was laughing when I first saw the art and the announcements of it. Like I immediately knew that I was no chance I was gonna be able to get it, right? Like um, you know we've been getting a lot of offers now for people to we we get a lot more mint passes now that this podcast is kind of taking off, um, but. I knew that was one that, you know, and I didn't even try really, honestly, to be truth. I didn't try to get on that whitelist. Um, I did try to mint it when it went live and, it, you know, that didn't, that didn't happen. Uh, and the floor price shot up to like five ETH right away. And um, it's a project I'll, I'll watch from afar. Um, and, you know, hey, kudos to that team for, um, you know, capturing all that hype and all the things that go on in that, in that space. But, you know, I'll, I'll lastly just kind of leave you guys with this. Like, 
I do believe the future of business is community. I believe we're all in the business of trust. And I believe there is nothing more powerful to deliver, empower that trust than community. But communities are going to look and feel different in this Web3 metaverse world. Some are going to be ones that thrive with individual NFT holders. Others are going to have a, a, a core group of loyal super fans, and then others are going to be very transactional, come in and out and, and flipping around. And then some are going to be kind of a, a hybrid where they're bringing over a community of people into this world. And I think as we become closer to onboarding more people, as we see other projects and other platforms launch, we just have to be hyper aware about how we're like judging and how we're looking at things. And I'm going to challenge everyone here, you know, before you get into an NFT project, you know, hopefully you're, you're, you're jotting down like your notes on, on why you're investing and what you're doing. Maybe you're using a spreadsheet or an air table, or maybe you just have it on a notebook or your iPhone. But I, I'm going to challenge you to write down what does success look like for you purchasing that NFT project, right? And it could be everything from exposure to a community, the networking. It could be because you want to make money on it because you hope it, it increases in value right away. It could be because you just love the art and that's something you want to keep. Whatever that may be, I want you to write down what success looks like before you purchase every NFT. And then there's one other thing I want you to do is I want you to also think about how are you going to measure that success? Like what are the goals that are going to allow you to measure that success along the way? Because if we don't have measurable goals and our success is too broad or too out there, in many cases, we'll feel like we're not getting anywhere closer to our success and we'll bail. We've all done it, right? Like when we're like, we have this like really lofty goal and at halfway through, we're like, man, we're never going to make it. And we just stop. But what if we celebrated every milestone all the way up until then, because we knew that if we accomplished all of these goals compounding, it would ultimately end in us achieving the success that we want. I'm a big believer in that we must celebrate our achievements along the way. I mean, we just made top 25 podcast in America in the technology category on Spotify. Thanks to all of you. And I am not afraid to celebrate that because you know what? I'm doing a daily damn podcast and it is a lot of work. We have a lot of team and I know all of you that are listening, it takes a lot of work to listen. Like, don't get me wrong. I know that there are time commitment that you're giving me right now every single day for those that are listening every day. And there's a lot of you. I respect it. I am humbled every time you message me. And if you don't believe that, I, please, please take this to heart. Is that like, I recognize you have 24 hours in the day, same things that I have. And, you know, it's funny because I can't find a time to listen to my entire, my own podcast back, you know, because as soon as we're, we're done, we're producing this, we're, we're posting it, we're researching other projects, trying to manage our discord. Oh, I also run a speaking business that is, you know, I'm trying to book my calendar and we're, we're going to be going to South by Southwest and social media marketing world and a lot of these other events that we're going to be, you know, broadcasting this podcast live from. But with all that being said, you know, like we all have to like approach these communities and these projects for what is best for us. And you will best do that by defining your own individual success, mapping out your own individual goals for that project, and then understanding that as you go along the way. There's a couple of projects that the floor has really dropped in the, in the projects that I, that I hold, and I have not cared one bit. And I will tell you, I'm in it for the money just as much as the other person. And there are, there are plenty of projects that I do care about the floor, and I watch them every day. But the other projects, my success had nothing to do with what I would sell the NFT for. And in a way, there's like four projects that I can think of off the top of my head that if they went to zero dollars right now, it would not bother me a bit because I've already got 
enough value out of the money I put in that everything else is just cherry on top of the ice cream. I don't like cherries, right? It's just sprinkles on top of the ice cream, right? It's like that, it's like that bonus. And so I hope all of you take that to, to account. I hope you guys, um, you know, I hope you have you know, a great day. It is episode 69. Um, I will say, for those that don't know, uh, it is also the greatest day to be born on, as I was born on 69, uh, June 9th, 81. Uh, I'm 40 years old. I turned 41 this year. And I like to say I was born on the best day of the year. I was born on 69. And I know for many of you, you're like, oh, it explains so much. And for others, they're like, where is he going with this? Hey, those of us that are neurodiverse, have a little bit of ADHD, we got to have some fun, tie some things in there. Make it a great day, my friends. Until tomorrow, cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.